0: But I'm going to read for a, a little while then, speak for a few moments on a portion in Acts chapter 8. It's about a baptismal service type of thing that happened. The background, before I read it, the passage is that Philip has been in Samaria great, seeing great things happening. He's speaking about Jesus. He's got a message of Jesus. Many people are coming to faith in Jesus. Miracles are taking place. And so, much, so the apostles at Jerusalem sent Peter and John so they could not just be saved, but then received the baptism, and the infilling of the Holy Spirit, and then Peter and John flipped back to uh, Jerusalem to do what they have to do, and we pick up in Acts chapter 8, while Philip's still in Samaria, and they have gone and left him, great things are happening. In verse 26 of Acts 8, an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. So he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning. And sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, Do you understand what you're reading? And he said, How can I, unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. The place in the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away, and who will declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this? Of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning at this scripture, preached Jesus to him. Now as they went down the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, see, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still. And both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and he baptized them. Now, when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away so that the eunuch saw him no more. And he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at Zotus and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. Great story. How about starts with Peter and John are gone? One version says, ask for Philip. Now an angel comes and speaks to Philip and instructs him to leave where he is and go south down the desert road to Gaza. And it's incredible in the context, the angel just came and says go, so he got up and went. So as one version says, he started out. That's first of all because we do have a mandate to go. The mandate A mandate is an official order or commission to do something. When God asks you to do something, it's not a suggestion. It's not about, just think about this, if it suits you on Tuesday next week, if you come to your service or whatever. Just if you're feeling okay. No, when God gives you a go, it's an order, it's a mandate to go. And the beauty of the mandate is that when you go and do what God's called you to do, you go in the authority of the God who sent you to do it. See, the last words of Jesus recorded in Matthew, I know those so well, it says, I've been giving all authority, speaking to his disciples in heaven and earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given them, and be sure of this, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. We've already heard that from and today. It was a mandate on us to go. Philip had a mandate to go. In the context of Jesus saying that, he says, listen, it doesn't matter what happens to you. I've been given all authority. You're going in my authority. Just go, make disciples, and baptize them. Philip had a mandate from the one who has all authority to go. We've got to see he's a bit blessed. If you really want to be blessed, then you need to do what God's asking you to do. Philip didn't say, oh no, I'm having a great time here. I'm going to a ball here. Revival's breaking out here. This is a great place to be. This is a great church service. I'm comfortable here where I am. No, as soon as the angel of God, a message from God says go, he got up and started to go. Because he knew that blessing comes from obedience. If you read many of the miracles of Jesus, many of them come from being obedient. If you fill those jars of water, I'll turn them into wine. If you give me your five loaves and fishes, I'll make a miracle and feed the 5,000. Peter, if you come to me in the water, you'll be able to walk on the water. I'll do some of them. If you throw your net out to the right side, you'll catch a lot of fish that you haven't done all night. Obedience brings blessing. And it's interesting that Philip wasn't told what was going to happen. He was just told to go. He was just told to go. And he went in faith. And the faith... It's just going, even when you don't know what the final outcome is. Faith, Hebrews 11 says, is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. Faith is a confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. But listen, when God tells you to go, you don't need to wait to get all the answers. You're just obedient, and as you're obedient, God will show you, and God will lead you, engage you. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. We had an example of this when we are on holiday recently. There's a place called Seven Springs, if you've ever been to, we were with Rhodes. There's a lovely place, kind can of a, can a garden-type place called Seven Springs. And they show you a picture of a lovely waterfall area, which is lovely and it's beautiful. And that's the picture, that's where we're going but to get to the waterfall, you need to go through 180 metres of a dark tunnel where you can't really see where you're going. And it's, there's, a, there's a stream run under it, but it's a, when I say it's a dark tunnel, it's a dark tunnel. I couldn't see Kathy. She was behind Lindsay. Then it was myself. I could hear them. Not tell you some of the things I was saying, but I could hear them. Okay. But I couldn't see them. You couldn't see where you were going. You know what we did in the darkness? We kept walking. By faith, what they said was at the end of that was what was at the end of it. And listen, and what we got, when we got to the end, it was worth the travel through the darkness. I want to tell you, when you're walking by faith, you don't always see the end. You don't always see the light at the end of the tunnel. But I want to tell you, when you keep walking because God's told you to keep walking, what you'll get at the end is far greater than what you could even imagine. But in the darkness, you need to stay close to him. Because when we come back from our holidays, about half two in the morning, and eventually got a car at three and o'clock in the morning in Limwood and traveling back to Irvine, where we live. I normally go the Beeheath Road. If you know that road, it's a kind of back Road. You pass I gave area, that type of thing. But it was, it was closed for some reason. They decided to close that road that night when we were the only people on the road that I could see and there was one sign that says diversion that way. But I think I only saw one sign or two signs, diversion that way. Okay? So I followed the two signs, and then I'm in the middle of nowhere. Absolutely nowhere, with not a soul in sight, at a narrow road, us in the car, no lights, no people, no houses, no, but nothing to direct us. And while I'm complaining about East Renfrewshire Council, whoever it was, you didn't have any more signs on we obviously had to put a phone on with the nav. And in the darkness, that still vo- small voice directed us to where we were going. Mm-hmm. We, were de- ter- we were dependent, because honestly, I couldn't see from me to the next bend. Okay, there was nothing, and it was a windy, windy road. It was a Glenifer Braze, if you've ever been on it. And eventually I got to Luckton and I recognized. But by faith, we kept going and doing, but the still small voice of the phone was telling us to do. In our darkness, you know what? It brought us into a place where we wanted to go. Listen, there's people in here today, and you're walking by faith, but you're in darkness and you've stopped. God wants to tell you, keep listening to his voice and keep going, because he's leading you into something greater than you think, and you can imagine. Amen? God's told you. Anyway, the mandate but there's also the message. The message. What I love about this story, many things. Philip was having a great, spiritual, wonderful revival time with loads of people, but God cared about one person who was in need. God cared about one person, and he took Philip for all the great things to minister to one person. I want to tell you today, God cares about you, if you're the only person here, it wouldn't matter. God cares about you. God cares about you. He's 100% focused on you. Now, if you read it, the man had been at a big church conference in Jerusalem, so to speak, and he appears to be inspired. He's full of interest. He's reading the Book of Isaiah. And he's traveling home, and he's struggling to grasp the full meaning of this book. And paraphrase, Philip says to him, "Do you understand what you're reading?" I say, well, not really, not fully. I need someone to explain it to me. me just from a pastoral perspective say, sometimes you may be reading your Bible and you don't fully understand it. I want you to keep reading it because something happens within your spirit when you read the Bible. But also, if there is something you don't understand, there are many people in this house who can, you can get alongside you and try and explain it. If you've got questions, you're reading the Bible, particularly new Christians. If you're reading the Bible, you don't understand everything. Don't be shy, because we've all been there. We've all been there, and sometimes we've been too proud to ask somebody. But I want to tell you there's people in here, if you're struggling with something in Scripture you read, please come and speak to somebody, your life group leader, somebody you relate to, some of the leaders, because we're here to help you grow in your faith. Just like Philip had to get alongside. This man, he didn't understand everything in the Bible. And he was reading a portion from Isaiah 53, which is prophesying, predicting how Jesus was going to die. And he says, who's this prophet talking about? Himself or somebody else? And I love verse 35. Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning at this scripture, preached Jesus to him. I love that. Beginning at this scripture, Let me tell you, it would not have mattered one iota which portion of scripture he'd been reading. At this point, they only had the Old Testament books, and he was reading the Old Testament scripture on Isaiah. But I want to tell you, it doesn't matter what he was reading. Because Philip was saying, you know what? It doesn't matter what you're leading. We have one message, and that message is Jesus. And Scripture is a revelation of Jesus Christ. Old Testament, New Testament, Scripture is about Jesus Christ, the living Word who came to dwell amongst us. I want to tell you, when we are talking, and even church, we can talk about life, we can talk about new life. But I want to tell you, as a church, we only have one message, and that message is Jesus. We have one message, it's what He has done. It's Jesus who died for us, Jesus who rose for us, Jesus who lives for us, Jesus who intercedes for us, Jesus who's coming back for us, it's Jesus who saves us, Jesus who heals us, Jesus who delivers us, Jesus who provides us, it's Jesus who gives us life, Jesus who gives us peace, Jesus who gives us joy, Jesus who gives us everything that we cry to. We have one message, and that message is Jesus. It's Jesus we talk up, thank God for church, but we talk up Jesus, because Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the good shepherd. I am the light of the world. I am the door. I am the true vine. I am the bread of life. I am the resurrection of the life. I want to tell you, we have one message in your life, church, and that message is Jesus Christ. It's all about Jesus And we do it for Jesus, and we glorify Jesus, and we speak about Jesus. Philip, it doesn't matter. He says, you know what? I don't care where you're reading. I'm paraphrasing it. I'm going to speak to you about Jesus, because it doesn't matter where you're reading the Scripture. It's a revelation of Jesus Christ. I want to tell you, it's not in your life that saves you. It's Jesus Christ. And it's a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And your life can help you, but it's Jesus. And then there's a method finally. The journey together, the band can come up. They just happened to come across water in the desert, stranger. They're travelling in the desert, and they just happened to come across some water. Remember the context: the last words of Jesus, "Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit." And in Acts chapter two, when the Holy Spirit had been poured out, Peter preached in Jerusalem where this Ethiopian had been and 3,000 people responded and were baptized that day is a sign that we're taking a step to follow Jesus Christ. We don't have 3,000 people getting baptized today, but we have two. And God cares about the two as if it was the 3,000. Yes. He cares about it. If there's only one, God's interested and heaven's rah, 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 even if there was only one. <laughs> and then says this, Here's water. What hinders me from being baptized? I, he's saying, nothing's going to stop me now. There's water. I want to get baptized. And then Philip said, well, if you believe with all your heart, you may. I.e., if you place your faith completely in Jesus Christ as your Savior, then you may. Romans 10 and 9 says this, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God and by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. Today we've heard from William and Grace who have believed in their heart and confessed with their mouth Hallelujah. that Jesus is a Savior. That's what we're witnessing today. Here's the water of what hinders me, says. But I've been stressed. I've been heavy in my spirit. Before I come back to the baptism in a minute, that phrase just gripped me this week, what hinders me? What hinders me? It's about baptism in this context, but I believe there's a broader principle. God wants to speak to somebody. You see, all that was hindering him from being baptized was Water. He wanted to be baptized, but water was a problem. Because the leader says, here's water, what's stopping me now? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I've been up there, I'm believing there, but all that's stopping me is water. But God provided what he needed in the desert. And I really feel there's people in here that God is asking you to do, to do stuff. And you're a bit reluctant because you haven't got all the answers. But I want to tell you, you need a mindset of nothing's going to stop me now because if God's asked me to do something, yes, Lord. when you do it, He provides. The provision, you might think, oh, I haven't got the resources or I haven't got the time, I haven't got that. I want to tell you, when you do what God's asked you to do, God provides. He is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides. I mean, all that's stopping me Going on here, Philip. All that's stopping me. Going, oh my God! And my next step is water. Oh, I've just come across water. God's provided what I needed for my next step. I want to tell you, you: walk in faith. God will provide as you keep obedient to what He's called you to do. Because He was willing to do what God wanted Him to do, God provided all He needed for Him to do what He was been asked to do. But baptism. It's a seal, it's a public declaration. I follow Jesus. I'm declaring to the world, I follow Jesus Christ. And in the original Greek form of language, when the Bible talks here of baptism, it's a word meaning baptizo, which means immersion. The baptism we do is immersion. Here, they went down into the water, They came up out of the water. Hopefully William and Grace will both come up out of the water later on. I believe Jaws was not filmed in Presbyte Beach, we should be okay. It's a symbol of death and resurrection. 2 Corinthians 5.14 says, We have died to our old life Paul goes on to say, "Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old is gone; the new life has come." Hallelujah. For those who have never seen it before, baptism, in biblical terms, in other terms, is we put people under the water. It's like symbolic of a burial—that the old life is gone. I'm not that person anymore. My sins are gone; they've been buried with Christ I'm no longer that person and depending how nice they've been to us it depends how long we keep them under the water okay but listen it's a burial That's also a resurrection to new life Hallelujah. so when we come out of the water it's like I'm not that person anymore they were buried I love my parents now Instead of being horrible, he probably loved them before, but I'm not horrible to my parents anymore. It's just me speaking prophetically over your parents' lives. Listen, I'm calmer than a voice. It's a new life. It's a new life. It's, I'm not a patched up, I'm a new person in Jesus Christ. And here they did what we are going to do. Be immersion. But also love the fact that the Ethiopian went on his way rejoicing because you know what? It's a celebration. Yes, it's a rejoicing and it's a celebration. It's serious, but it's a serious celebration. It's a serious time of rejoicing because what? What he's done? I used to be, but I'm not anymore. Because I've got Jesus Christ living inside me and I'm making a public confession to the world. You know what? The old is gone. I live for Jesus Christ. And I'm living in the new life that he has given us. So today, as I close and the band leaders and David comes up to guide us into the next steps of where we're going today. For all of us, we have a mandate to go and preach the gospel. We have a mandate to go and do what God's calling us to do. Is God calling you to do something today? I want to tell you, if God is calling you to go, you want to be blessed, you go. But you don't go in your own authority. You carry the authority of the one who's sending you. But listen, see when you go, speak Jesus. Because our message is Jesus. It is Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus first, Jesus last, and Jesus in between today if you don't know Jesus we want to tell you 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 ain't started living yet because Jesus came to give you life in all its fullness but this is not a sad event, it is a celebration, yeah. so we're going to go happy clappy down Pressway Beach and we're going to witness symbolic of the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, God bless you